0: The presenting sponsor of Wild Ideas Worth Living is Subaru. It's almost the season of giving and the Subaru Share the Love event is a great example of giving back to causes that matter. By the end of this year, Subaru of America and its retailers will have donated more than $200 million through the Subaru Share the Love event over 13 years. From helping fund our national parks through the National Parks Foundation to finding rescue animals new homes through the ASPCA This event has helped raise money for important local and national organizations across the country. It feels good to give back and now you can get a great vehicle and support a cause you care about. With every Subaru purchased or leased, Subaru will donate $250 to your choice of charities. This event runs from now until January 4th, 2021. So if you've been considering buying a new Subaru, now is the time. Head to Subaru.com share To learn more about the Subaru, share the love event.
1: We find ourselves being extra kind to someone who is dying. Because we want their last memories on this earth to be happy, to be good. He won't tell me how many more days we get together. It's a secret he knows I wouldn't handle well. Lately, when it's really difficult for me, he gives me this look and I swear he's saying, not yet. Not even close, Mom. As I'm writing this, I'm watching him walk around a secluded bay. The water is splashing up onto the slick rock. He's taking himself for a morning walk. His steps are soft. He takes his time, and every so often he looks back at me and sends a small tail wet. I swear every day he becomes more sweet, more tolerant, more loving, more angelic. He's so calm, he's quiet and restful, but he's still playful and full of energy. He's become sort of an anomaly. So when I get that sting behind my eyes and my chest feels flooded, I try to find comfort in knowing it'll make his next transition seamless. He's an angel in preparation. He's making his way back to me now, so I have to go. I know today probably isn't his last day, and it's probably not mine. But just in case, I'm gonna love him a little harder. I'm gonna make sure he knows that while I'm out here trying to make his life good, make it count doing everything I can, he does it infinite times better than me by just sitting next to me and wagging his tail once. It took my dying dog to show me that I have to stop believing like this is some sort of a race because that's actually not a finish line I want to cross. Bailey is showing me how little I need, how small of changes I could make to feel so much more. He's showing me that it doesn't take much to make it a good last day.
0: This is Allie Cookie. Allie's a writer, adventurer, and Instagram influencer based in Denver, Colorado, and she's talking about her dog, Bailey. For the past 12 plus years, Bailey has been her sidekick and her best friend. Add in her partner and his dog, Loki, and you have a pack that the internet world fell in love with on their adventures through picturesque beaches and mountains. Allie loves Bailey more than anything, and She's been by his side through his battle with cancer. We recorded this interview in August while Bailey was still bravely fighting cancer. Since then, Bailey has passed away. So this episode is in remembrance and celebration of Allie's best friend. I'm Shelby Stanger, and this is Wild Ideas Worth Living. Allie became Bailey's dog mama 12 years ago, when she was just 20 years old. Bailey began his battle with cancer within the last couple of years. And in January, Allie was told he didn't have too much time left. So today we're talking about the path they took together from beginning to end. But let's start with the basics. So Bailey's going through cancer right now. For the second time, yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. How did you end up with Bailey? Like, what's his story? So I was living in Michigan, and I was just finishing school, and I knew I wanted to move to Colorado. I just didn't want to be alone. And I was a runner. I ran in college, cross-country, and indoor and outdoor track, and I wanted a dog that would run with me. So I can't lie to you and say I did a bunch of research. I didn't. I thought German Shepherds were beautiful dogs. I knew he'd be big and be protective. I was like, good enough for me. Like, so flippant. And... I went and I picked him out. He was the only male. I knew I wanted a male and it was just like chubby, white, fluffy dog running towards me. I remember saying to her, I was like, that's not a German shepherd. They're black and tan. Then she showed me his mom and dad. And I thought, well, I just have to have him. I was 20 punk, just no direction. I just knew I was moving to Colorado for fun and I got a dog. So wait, were you in college in Colorado or you just graduated high school? So I graduated high school when I was 17. So I was pretty young. So I finished school very early. And so I celebrated my 21st birthday in Colorado with Bailey.
0: Wow. Okay. So you, you get him really young. Mm-hmm. What was that like? And where did you get him?
1: Um, I got him from this gal in rural Michigan. And she would train dogs to be custom dogs for the Michigan and Canadian border. And so I knew the temperament was really good. I didn't want like a high strong dog. And when I got him, it was the fun stages, right? I was 20. I had a puppy, like everything is sparkly and I really didn't grasp what I had done. That I had just made this commitment to this other being because I didn't really know how to take care of myself even. So it's cool to have a dog. It's fun to have a dog. I had no idea the responsibility that I was stepping into. And I had no idea that as the years went on, that it would turn into the most profound relationship of my life outside of my family members. Can you tell
0: me a little bit about your relationship with Bailey? And for those who don't know, I mean, Bailey's become
1: somewhat of an internet sensation. Yeah. People love him very deeply. Our relationship started that I just had this dog and that was cool. And we'd go for runs together. And he was just I feel ashamed saying this, but it was like a prop in my life almost. He wasn't like the axis on which I spend. And so he was just there. And I worked a ton of jobs. I worked two jobs, three jobs at one point. And I would come home at two in the morning and we'd go for a run. We lived in Vail and we'd go for a run and be snowing. And that would be like the time that we had together. And then we'd go to sleep in the morning, rinse and repeat. You'd go to running at two in the morning in Vail? Yeah. (laughs) That's ballsy, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know. And there would be no one in the streets and it would be snowing, no leash, and we're just running down the road. It was like everyone was sleeping in a snow globe. It was so peaceful. And as, you know, I made a little bit more money and didn't have to start working so much, I started to realize I want to use my time with him in a different way. And so I would make Saturday plans like, hey, let's go climb a 14, or everyone would bail because it's 4 a.m. leave time. And I say, fine, It's just be and I then, let just be him and I. And that, that really was the jump off point of, I have somebody, I have this, this being with me that's down to do everything I want to do, is happy to do it, listens and is content just being with me. And from that point on, I stopped making decisions of what, I thought I was supposed to do. It was literally this shift in me. I didn't need to be working that corporate job that looked good on paper. I wanted a life that allowed me to feel good consistently. And that always linked up with taking Bailey for a hike or leaving to go to Utah for two days. I hadn't experienced that before because that sense of independence of maybe I don't have a partner at the time or maybe my friends don't want to commit to leaving. I had this best friend that was always ready to go. And then since that point, it's so much more intense in the best way. He's a part of me and he has changed my entire life. And so how did he become an internet sensation? So I have another dog, Loki, who's far, he's the famous one. He's got 2 million followers on Instagram and yeah, insane. Just like you can't walk anywhere without somebody recognizing him. And when I came into his life, it then became Bailey and Loki. And people really bought into, like, Loki was this really cool, beautiful, unique dog. and A wolf dog, right? Yeah, a wolf dog. And then all of a sudden, he's got this best friend who kind of sort of looks like him, but a completely different breed. And it became the two of them. And Loki really came alive once Bailey was in his life. And same with Bailey. Bailey was eight when he met Loki. And it was like, a rebirth to a point in a really beautiful way where I truly feel that Bailey needs Loki more than he needs me
0: the deep bond between Bailey and Loki reminds me that all beings need companionship and love according to Allie when Bailey was gone for a few days for surgery Loki didn't eat or sleep and it's not just dogs that need each other Allie's gotten a lot of support online from her communities on Instagram So so your life is now somewhat public because of Bailey and he is going through cancer and, and what's that like? Just the
1: whole internet thing. It's hard to navigate. Like I think that when the rubber meets the road, I know who I am. You get a couple million people weighing in on your decisions and your words. Who don't know you. <laughs> who don't know you. Who don't know you. And they're kind of there's a lot of projection I've learned. There's a lot of judgment. And The thing that makes it all okay is that it is outdone tenfold by love and support. So there is negativity, but it is it cannot hold a flame to the love.
0: Hmm. So the opportunity is like there has been so many other people touched by your story and Bailey's story.
1: Yeah. I can't even process it most days, Shelby, because it's so much love and it's so overwhelming in the best way that I don't understand how people can be so kind and so... So giving, like people have donated money, we raised money for a child who was terminally ill, and it has reminded me there's more good than bad.
0: So when I called you just to make sure you you got my email and stuff, you were making Bailey like <laughs> filet mignon. <laughs> And I also checked your Instagram and people were like trying to buy Bailey
1: steaks. They won't stop Venmoing me. That's amazing. They so one person said it, and then I woke up in the morning and there was hundreds of dollars. And I tried to send it back and then they sent it again. And I said, I'm not gonna play this tag game with you guys. I'll accept it. I'm uncomfortable doing it, but it is things like that. Or four weeks ago, he had a really major surgery, and he goes to a place called CSU Cancer Center. And you can't go inside because of COVID. So I sit in the parking lot for all of his appointments from three to 12 hours. You can just wait. And financial services called me and they said, Somebody's trying to call and pay for Bailey's surgery. Aww. Yeah. And I had my best friend with me and she started crying. I was like, lock it up. I'm going to cry. That's crazy. And I said, no, I won't accept it. No. And so we went back two weeks for his checkup and another scan and they tried again and financial services did not call me and they just processed the payment. Wow. I
0: mean this connection with you and Bailey is I mean I can feel it and I I've barely even seen your Instagram. I'm just listening to you and <sighs> He seems amazing. What has owning Bailey taught you about I mean it sounds like so much. Maybe you can tell me some of the things Bailey has taught you about yourself and your relationship with the outdoors because it sounds like you were always an outdoorsy person but You've done some things
1: that you normally wouldn't have done. Yeah. And I've been thinking about this towards the end of his life. I've been really trying to process like what he's given me so much. It's almost hard to really like, if I made a list, it would be never ending. But I think that when you love someone the way that I love him and you see this physical manifestation of their emotions. So he's a dog. He can't talk to me, but I can see when he's happy and we're driving in Oregon and we get closer to the ocean and he can smell it in the air. And I put the windows down. It's happiness. And when we pull up to the ocean and he like out of the truck, I've not seen happiness like that. He knows when we're going somewhere, he knows as we leave the city of Denver and the trees start to be there instead of telephone poles and he sits up. Oh, she's taking me somewhere. And then all of a sudden, he feels the bumpiness in the truck. We're on dirt road. He's stoked. Head out the window, all four paws on the back seat, just ready, looking at Loki. When is she going to stop? Out of the truck, paws in the dirt. When you can see the something that you love that happy, you want to do it all the time. So I am constantly being pulled to We need to go to the ocean. We need to go to the woods. We need to go to the mountains. He's not meant to sit in four walls. I don't think I'm meant to sit in four walls. And the second that we get to where we're going, just like seeing him happy like that, I don't even think about it anymore. I'm not like, oh, I'm an outdoorsy person because I need to get this shot for Instagram and I need people to see that I look dope in my clothes. Like, it's more when I watch him run away from me and his tail is wagging so hard. And we are so blessed that it has been in the desert, in the mountains, in Alaska, in Mexico, in the ocean. Like that dog has been more places than a lot of people have. I will forever be pulled to do that.
0: When you just ride Bailey in, in the car ride, I shouldn't compare Johnny to Bailey, but like my husband, like just he like instantly starts frowning the closer we get to like LA. It just no, I gets believe quiet. It. And when we're leaving LA and we get towards like the ocean again, like his smile gets bigger and he
1: starts talking more. It just made me laugh. We're all like that. If you enjoy nature, you can't stop it. And I have this superpower. My dog thinks I'm a superhero because I can just give it to him.
0: 20 to like, I'm guessing you're 32, 12 years. Mm -hmm. So, So that's a big gap. I just know as a young woman growing up, 20 to 32, I changed a lot. But having a dog has really changed you as well.
1: As a person, how do you think Bailey has most changed you today? It changes. Like, as we've both gotten older, at first he taught me responsibility. Like, you're a kid. You got to take care of me. I need food, water, and shelter. And now, in this season of his life, he has taught me strength. Because this is all really hard. All of it. Everything in the world is difficult right now. Him being sick is difficult right now. It's so hard. He's taught me how to be present right now and that I am strong, way stronger than I thought because he is stronger. Like I've never seen a more undeserving soul go through more pain and more anguish than that dog has. And every morning, wake up Shelby and he's wagging his tail and he's happy and he's stoked and dogs don't feel sorry for themselves. And I have to get up because of him. Even on the days when I don't want to, when it's super really, it's like so difficult and I just want to lay in bed. I think I get X amount of days with him and you're not going to lay in bed, not today. And you can cry. You can cry on a walk. You can be angry on a walk. You can be going through so many different emotions, but you're going to take him for a walk at minimum or go lay in bed with him or make his food. Like Those are labors of love where we are right now. He just teaches me every day that we can do really, really hard things and that we're both really strong.
0: I'm so impressed by everything Bailey taught Allie about herself and other people and the value of the outdoors. When we return, you'll hear about how Allie took these lessons to heart when she spontaneously took on the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Supporting the belief that a life outdoors is a life well lived, having an Icon Pass in your pocket unlocks a road trip ready family of unique ski destinations. Across more than 40 Icon Pass destinations, the mountain community can explore wide open spaces, cut endless lines through fresh mountain air, and discover new adventures with old friends. So whether you're home mountain bound or ready for road trip rambles this winter, the best adventure is always the next adventure. On sale now, every 2020 2021 Icon Pass comes with Adventure Assurance, giving you the confidence to ride. Discover Pass options and plan for adventure at IconPass.com. That's I K O N P A S S.com. Bailey was Allie's companion on a ton of outdoor adventures, and he taught Allie how strong she truly is. Earlier this year, somewhat spontaneously, Allie decided to join a friend to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. But this time, she wasn't able to take Bailey with her. Planning for this kind of adventure is a lot of work, and it ended up being pretty harrowing. Even though Bailey wasn't with her on the climb, he never left Allie's mind. Just two days after reaching the summit, Allie wrote this piece from her hotel room.
1: You know those boomerangs I take of Bailey, where he's really still looking at me and just his tail wags. A few months ago, I didn't know I wanted to be here. In the days leading up to the summit, I learned how my friends next to me had dreamt of this their entire lives. And here I was months prior, just deciding impulsively. What a phony, what a thrill chaser. Every day we ended up in the front talking to the lead guide of that day. I asked Shafi about his wife and his kids, what poaching looks like in Tanzania, and why the new Lion King isn't very supportive of East Africa, where it's set. He said, do you have kids, Ali?" No, I have dogs. Do you like dogs? Yes, I had a dog a long time ago. Honestly... I asked myself what the hell I was doing, and once we were on the steep uphill in the dark, I thought, look what you've got yourself into now. It was all rainforest miles, and jokes and the Lion King until then. I felt outside of my body, how it was still moving, I don't know. I felt scared of how sick I was feeling. I felt scared of how hard it was. And I wrapped it all up in a pretty bow of you better not fail at this fear. To cope, I would allow myself to close my eyes for one second and think of Bailey. Any longer and I would start to cry so hard that I couldn't breathe and I needed all the air I could get. In one second, I'd see his hind legs step up a rock in front of me and then I'd open my eyes. I saw his face peek around a boulder up at the next switchback, waiting for me. I opened my eyes. I looked down at my hand running across his back as he passed me and I screamed in my head, Ali, open your eyes. At the summit, it's snow white, just like my boy. And only when I saw the congratulations Yuhuru Peak sign in the distance did I allow him to be seen fully. I kept my pace poli poly, eyes wide open and tears streaming. I don't know why I climbed Kilimanjaro, but I know it is rooted in my Bailey. And even though I couldn't bring him with me, there he was, doing that boomerang thing where he's really still looking at me, just his tail wagging.
0: hmm you did great. That was beautiful.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I
0: can't believe you climbed Kilimanjaro with like three months notice.
1: Yeah, it was so hard. The part where I'm like, I let myself close my eyes. It's because you're so nauseous. The altitude sickness is no joke. It doesn't care who you are. It doesn't care if you're like an Olympian and a triathlete or if you've been training for a month. You can't fight altitude sickness like that. And Once I got above 17,000 feet, because in Colorado, I mean, climbing 14 ers like I don't feel sick. Seventeen thousand and above was it felt like hell. So how did you how, how did you get to the top? I mean, you had a guide <laughs> with you, but you had a friend. I took my best friend with me for Trichter. and then we bonded really closely with these two other women. And then the guides, I mean, they're they're incredible. They do everything they can to get you to the top. And I was on my hands and knees, dry heaving, throwing up. Oh. It's gnarly, and you feel like you take ten steps and then you have to stop. And then you take 10 steps more and everyone was affected differently. And like my best friend had the migraine. She said she felt like the front of her head was going to crack open. And I didn't have that. I just had this debilitating nausea and it felt good to close your eyes, but it also felt like you weren't going to open them back up. So when I allowed myself to like close for just a second and think about Bailey and then just keep moving, but it, it truly felt like the whole mountain was spinning. I've never felt like that in my entire life.
0: Wow. And when you got to the top, I mean, what did that feel like? Or was
1: it anticlimactic? It was strange. I thought that it was gonna feel like I was crossing a finish line. And when I got there, it was so cold. It was bright blue skies, so cold. The wind was it was insane. And you're not allowed to stay up there very long because it's not safe for you. Like you need oxygen. You need to get back down. And so we maybe were up there like five to seven minutes. And I remember just looking around and thinking I have to take a photo, right? Like I need to take a photo. I promised people that I would send a photo and I had Bailey's dog tats. And I remember I held them out and my whole body was shaking. And you can see in the picture I put, it's blurry because I was just shaking and I couldn't feel anything but just gratitude, gratitude that I was standing there with these people that truly felt like I'd been with them for four days and it felt like they were part of my life forever now. And it was cool to be at the top, but it was it was more special to look around at the people that I was with and to be holding Bailey's dog tags. And then this, a li- I'm not going to lie and play it cool, but like a little bit of panic came into my chest. I'm like, oh, we got to walk back down now. <laughs>
0: like- Summoning Kilimanjaro was an important part of Allie and Bailey's story. Even though Bailey wasn't with her, He helped Allie climb that mountain, and the strength of his memory will help her achieve all her goals in the future. At the time of this recording, though, Allie's journey with grief and Bailey's battle with cancer wasn't over. 2020 has been a really rough year for a lot of people. So talk to me about that and any advice on grief and loss, because that's something everybody's experienced, some sort of
1: loss this year. And grief's a tricky one. Grief is is hard. I read this thing. I've been reading a lot about grief lately because I feel as though I'm about to step into a place where people have kind of joked about it. They're like, when that day comes, Allie is going to disappear. And I don't know if they mean physically or emotionally or what, but it is a very common thing that I'm hearing. So I'm trying to read a lot about grief and heartbreak and trauma, as if it's going to prepare me, because it's not it's not going to. And that's the thing about grief. I read this thing the other day that said, Grief is just love that has nowhere to go. So you you're pushing this love. So anyone who's anyone who's lost a job or lost a loved one or lost anything in their life, you're pushing out love and it's not going anywhere because that thing is no longer there. And of all the things I've read, that has stayed with me the most because that's truly what it feels like. I feel like I cannot love enough to save his life. I cannot love enough to heal the trauma in my life. I can't, it's there, I feel it, but it's not It's not bouncing back to me. And when Bailey's not here, it's not gonna bounce back to me. And everybody can say all these r- beautiful things to me. He'll always be with you you'll always have the memories of the four of you together or whatever. And it's a nice thought. But when you're alone in your bed and you wake up in the morning and your chest feels flooded, that's just words. Because what you're feeling is is love. And it's not coming back to you. And that is maybe one of the most terrible feelings in the world. It's, And I'm learning how to, to process that. I wish that I had advice because I don't know. And once I live through it, maybe I'll know. Right now, there are days that it feels, it does feel hopeless, but coming back to that strength, coming back to the things that I know are true, that I have a family that loves me, that I have friends that love me. I have had the love of Bailey for 12 years and it is enough to last for the rest of my life. I already know that. So, I try to remember that I've already been gifted so much in 32 years that it would be selfish to ask for more, even though I know I'm going to get more. I know that there's going to be good things coming down the road. I know that. Well, maybe one day I'll have another dog and I'll love that dog and that dog will love me. It'll never be what it is right now. My life will never be what it is right now. And that's okay because. I'm so grateful that it's even been what it's been because it's amazing. It's truly beautiful. I'm so lucky and I'm so blessed. Well,
0: thank you for sharing all this, Allie. And you've been vulnerable and raw and real. <laughs> and we just met, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Do Bailey and Loki still hang out as much as possible?
1: Yeah. Right now they're actually together. That's a decision that was made after Bailey's surgery because we were kind of bopping around, and I I wanted them to be together. So, and it's interesting you want to talk about strength? I almost don't even, f- I can't feel anything else right now because I'm so just focused on him and what is best for him. And I think like, I'm not a mom, mom, but I'm Bailey's mom. I'll do anything for him. And I feel like I can do anything for him.
0: I mean, you are a mom. Like that's is, this is exactly what a mom does. You're a total mama bear. And I think it's beautiful. <laughs> Any advice to
1: people who want a dog, own a dog, want a better relationship <laughs> with a dog? This is where I become like a little bit of a jerk because I'm like, well, if you want a dog, you better be ready. You better be ready to be good and not just buy them a cute leash and walk them around the city park like your life is going to change because nothing has upset me more than people selfishly owning dogs and i I sometimes fear that people see. My relationship with Loki and Bailey, and they romanticize it a little bit. It looks really good in photos. It's a ton of work. It is exercising. Loki is a very specific dog. He's not good if he doesn't get exercise. A wolf dog is not meant to live in Denver. It's a choice that you have to make. If you have the life that is set up to bring a dog into that, do it. Get four dogs. It's the greatest thing if you can provide a good life for them. I really don't see it any different as having a child. There were times when I did things that were not in Bailey's best interest. I deeply regret those things. And I've written about this on Instagram, That the first couple of years of Bailey's life. I'm not proud of the life that he had.
0: But you're proud of the life he has now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bailey seems like, you know, he wakes up and eats filet mignon. Yeah. He cuddles (laughs) with
1: you and plays outside and... He's going to get to go be at the ocean for a couple of weeks and go to the Redwood Forest, which he loves. And now I'm proud of it. It was trial and error. And I learned this is how I live my life. I learned the hard way. So if I can give advice to people to just out the gate, do the best that you can. And we know. We know if we're doing the best that we can. That's my advice. So you're going to go to the Redwoods. It's August right now. This might not
0: come out until winter. What do you what are you hoping to do with Bailey, and what are your plans for this fall and the summer?
1: Yeah, um, work wise, I've kind of like pushed everything out to twenty twenty one, which is great that I can do that. So we're leaving for the Oregon coast, and we'll be there for an indefinite amount of time. The house is right next to an entrance into Redwood National Forest, and then it's six minutes from the ocean. So amazing! Yeah, I mean it's heaven. There's really no plan there just to see how long it is. Bailey does have to come back for an IV chemotherapy session. So we'll see how that plays out. And then moving into the fall, I would I would like to stay on the road. All of this is contingent on how he's feeling. But I would like to keep showing him things. So that's the plan for right now. Winter, the dog loves the snow. He likes to go backcountry snowboarding. And I mean, I just hope we make it that far um, at this point. So that's the tricky part about thinking about future plans is that I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm kind of living in this three-week window of like in the next three weeks, we're going to Oregon. And then once I get to Oregon, I'll kind of play with the next three-week window. It's this interesting management of pain and trauma that I'm trying to, I feel safe in that three-week zone. Anything outside of that, it feels a little too scary to think about.
0: Well, I think that's, A lot of people who aren't even going through what you're going through right now have to live through a three-week window because of COVID and schools
1: and shutdowns. and It's an interesting time for everybody. And I think that I'm not unique that I'm going through something hard. There are so many people going through hard things. I'm also not a believer in measurement of pain because your pain is the same as my pain. And just because it looks a lot worse or it feels a lot worse for one party or the other, I don't believe in in measurement of pain. I hate when, when someone's trying to share something with me and they're like, oh, it's nothing compared to what you're going through. Says who? This year has been an emotional
0: and challenging year for millions and millions of people and for so many reasons. Whether you've lost a loved one, or a job, or you're just missing hugs from friends and family, you're not alone. The silver lining is that this year we've seen so many people open their homes and their hearts to support not only their communities, but their neighbors, and even random people they've never met before. Whether it was strangers trying to pay for Bailey's surgeries or a guide helping her to the top of the mountain, Allie found so much kindness in the darkest, most difficult times. I wanna sincerely thank Ali Cookie for being so open with me during our conversation. You can follow Ali on Instagram at A Cookie, that's A C O U C K E. You can also check out the book Wild Together, which was written by Ali's partner, Kelly Lunn, with contributions from Ali. We'll link to it in the show notes. Allie, our hearts go out to you and to Kelly and to everyone who met Bailey. That dog lived a life full of adventure and love. Wild Ideas Worth Living is part of the REI Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, Shelby Stanger. It's written and edited by Sam Pierce Nitzberg, and produced by Chelsea Davis. Our executive producers are Paolo Motula and Joe Crosby, And our presenting sponsor this season is Subaru. As always, we love it when you subscribe to this show, when you rate it, and when you review it, we read all the reviews. Remember, some of the best adventures often happen when you follow your wildest ideas.